0: My next guest is Dr. Katie Ritter. She is the Chief Learning Officer at Forward Edge in Cincinnati, Ohio. Prior to becoming the CLO, she served as the Director for Curriculum and Technology Integration at Forward Edge, working closely with district leaders to help them identify needs of their staff, plan PD, and implement the PD. Katie oversees the team of 15 plus instructional technology coaches, is responsible for growth and development of the department, and is also the creator and oversees edge you badges. She served on the leadership team for EdTech coaches network of ISTE from 2015 to 2020, and was a future ready schools instructional coach thought leader from 2017 to 2020. She is also the co host of the restart recharge podcast for instructional coaches, a Google certified innovator coach and trainer. Welcome to the podcast, Katie.
1: Thank you so much, Tina. I'm very glad to be here. appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, I'm excited to dive into a little bit of your uh, experience and some of the tips that you can give people who are uh, working as instructional coaches. But we'll start off with the question I ask everybody. Tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out.
1: Yeah. um, Gosh, it feels like every day. Do you want to pick a day? Maybe I'll just throw a dart on the calendar, Um, but I guess um, because fair warning, you gave me this heads up to think about. So when I thought about kind of the context of maybe the audience who might be interested in this episode and I think about the past few years, you know, I really think about, uh, you know, myself for a number of years now overseeing a team of instructional technology coaches. I think about what are kind of the unique challenges that that we have continued to face over and over um, and kind of a two part where I have found myself, you know, I work with a number of dis- a number of district administrators from multiple school districts and kind of I found myself in the trenches post COVID with all of these administrators kind of being focused on you know we're past we're past COVID now we need to put the technology away we've got to close these gaps and we've got to get back to like the basics of instruction and, and kind of this idea that we needed to put tech on the shelf and get mm-hmm. back to the old things um, paired with just the constant I've been you know in this for uh, over a decade now and it feels like we're constantly coaches are clarifying their role um so kind of saw this like just the whole admin not understanding what a a coach and a tech coach in particular can do um, Mm -hmm. just really exacerbated paired with these conversations about needing to get back to the basics of instruction. Um, So I found myself with, you know, a big knot on my forehead because I felt like I was just like banging my head against the wall Mm -hmm. every day. (laughs) Like, how do people not see that we can't just put tech on a shelf? Um, And how do people not understand that coaches can help embed technology meaningfully um, with basics of instruction? with a lot of the things that we realize we need to support teachers with. Um, so ultimately kind of dug my way out uh, with with realizing that, um, you know, you can kind of lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Um, and I always go back to this quote uh, that I share with people. Um, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but George Bernard Shaw, the, the idea is just kind of, you know, the problem with communication is the illusion that it has been received. Um, so that was kind of ringing in my head as I was butting up against these, these two, to kind of connected challenges with a number of administrators and realize we've got to continue to show them um, sure. and just kind of realize that admin you show admin with data. Um, so went to the drawing board and kind of developed like a big coaching program evaluation to present to admin from top to bottom what what coaching is doing for their district, where it's impacting teachers, how it's translating to learned and implemented skills into the classroom. Um, and that really changed conversations with administrators we were having at both the building and the district level. Um, and so kind of the, the takeaway that I hope um, some listeners might get from this from whatever your role is, is that data can be really powerful um, when you're collecting it and when you're sharing it. And, And, you know, we had previously used A big chunk of where we collected the data is kind of like it's there if your admin want to see it. Um, And then with digging out of the trenches in those situations, we realized we had to be more intentional about presenting and really telling the story with the data. Um, So that was kind of a big aha to me was to kind of when you're in a jam, uh, there's there's data everywhere that we can collect. Um, You don't have to come up with a whole new survey. You can probably get your information to help drive your decisions. Um, But to be intentional about telling that story and how you're telling that story to admin um, so that we can can really kind of affect change and, um, you know, you can help uh, clarify what you do if you're a coach or in kind of a unique role. Um, And ultimately we can really, you know, get to the heart of helping teachers and kids uh, when everybody's kind of on the same page and has a clear direction forward. So that was a kind of a, a big aha and again has really just changed some conversations for us.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to go into instructional coaching, um, whether it's ed tech or general um, ed coaching to get into a type Mm -hmm. of leadership role. So talk to me a little bit about your journey, um, how you um, went from the classroom into different leadership roles and how people um, looking for opportunities, maybe also how they can look beyond their school.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I get this question from people all the time who are looking for that next step. So a, a number of different things. So please stop me if I ramble a little bit. We can dig into maybe one of them. But I think first and foremost, just reach out. Um, I was a pretty new coach and I had all the things to learn and really nothing to give in the way of advice and ideas. Um, you know, at the time I again, this was over 10 years ago, but at the time, time, um, Twitter was really starting to become big for a place for educators to connect and share online. Um, so, so find spaces where educators are sharing and spending time. There's tons of free options out there. And I just plugged myself into the conversations. You know, I got involved in Twitter chats. I started participating. I would, um, you know, if I did have an idea, I would share it. Um, I would ask for feedback. I would ask questions. Um, I remember a time when I reached out, I participated in a Twitter chat that Tom Murray, um, you know, with a lot of people know who that is with Future Ready Schools. You know, he was hosting a Twitter chat for EdTech Chat. um, And I just remember reaching out and asking him a question. And he was like, hey, this is really big. Like, why don't we connect offline after the Twitter chat? We had a Google Meet. um, And he helped me tremendously. So educators are really helpful. They're willing to reach out, um, but you have to take it on yourself to get involved in the conversations where they're happening. So that'd be my first little bit of advice. Mm -hmm. Um, My second piece of advice would be, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved in lead, whether that is in your own organization I think, you know, if you're not currently in a coaching role, finding opportunities um, and and finding ways to really show initiative. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're not a coach and maybe your district doesn't have coaches and you're trying to advocate that. You need a coach in your district. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, host teachers. Invite teachers in for lunch because you're going to show, you know, some tips. Um, Invite teachers to stay after school and dive into things together and ask to go observe other teachers' classrooms because you want to, you know, you want to learn from them. Um, When you start you know, acting like a leader or acting like a coach, um, you know, you'll kind of start to be portrayed as a coach. So I think you can take that on some of these things. And no matter what role you currently are in, um, even in your own building and little little ways, you know, it's a PD days coming up, ask your admin if you can lead a session. Um, if, if there's been like a recognized need, um, you know, volunteer to lead a session or to co-present with some, someone, um, maybe another coach, if you do already have coaches in the building, ask how you can partner with those coaches. Um, so there's lots of little things you can do um, within the context of your own district to build experience, but then there's also lots of outside opportunities too. And sometimes I think those might be the best opportunities. I know, um, you know, in previous positions that I've held before, you know, coming to Forward Edge, I felt very alone sometimes in terms of like my ideas and, you know, I wanted to innovate and I wanted to change things. And when I would look around, some of the suggestions I gave maybe wouldn't have worked um, because my, my uh, leadership maybe wouldn't have let me do and lead the charge on some things. Um, so sometimes those outside opportunities can be your best bet to kind of, like, find your tribe, find your people, find those, that group of folks who uh, have similar mindsets and and goals and passions within education that you can connect with, whether it be through different certification programs. Um, You know, I'm in Google Certified trainer, coach, innovator, now new Google Champions communities. Um, I haven't worked as much as Microsoft, though I know they have some comparable ones. But, you know, I can speak to Google's communities. They are thriving, and there's tons of opportunities to present at conferences through them, to network with other educators, to, um, you know, lots of people meet through those communities who don't live geographically near each other. um, And they can go on to, like, do and create and build um, and share things together. And, and so if you're not finding those opportunities within your district, definitely reach out um, and seek those opportunities through, like I said, certification communities, conference networks, um, and and just ask again, right? Like just being a participant in the communication. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know and you don't know where to go. Um, so sometimes other people can kind of guide and lead you to a really meaningful community um, that might help you grow and learn. So that was a lot. So I'll, I'll kind of stop there <laughs> and, yeah. and uh see what you think.
0: Well, I like the, you know, wording of, you know, finding stuff outside of your school or district if they're not letting you use your ideas or, you know, thrive with uh, kind of the the passion that you have. So like you said, working, um, you know, towards a certification Um, Also, um, we talked a little bit in the pre-chat about PD badges. Is that something your organization uh, works with people on earning? Or are you talking about maybe getting PD badges from these uh, larger national organizations?
1: Yeah, so, um, yes, we our organization does do badges, which I can circle back around to. Um, but I'm thinking more of, you know, there's a number of professional organizations that you could get involved in from, um, you know, all the way from ISTE, that's more of an international, you know, iste ASCD merger now, um, to every state has like more of a local organization, which might be more approachable to really get your foot involved, um, to, you know, some of these really big tools rules tech tools that we're using commonly in our classroom, they all have their own certification programs that will not only equip you to better use those tools um, and implement into them into your classroom, but it's also, you know, if you are looking for those next steps, you want to be put in a coaching position, earning some of those certifications that these programs offer just really kind of sets you up to be ready to take on that next role. It shows that you're, you know, becoming an expert in how to use these tools, how to use them effectively for instruction. Um, so that's what I was kind of referring to by, um, you know, getting involved with some of, of those types of things and, you know, as a place to start if you're looking for leadership, um, kind of putting some of those feathers in your cap from a certification standpoint and a, a broader knowledge, um, can be a great way to kind of increase your skill set, make you more marketable without necessarily having to fork out all the cash for an entire, um, you know, master's degree or another advanced degree. So I think that that's what I said. So I'll put a I'll put a pin in it just to see if you had any follow-up comments about that. But I can also circle back around to badges um, that we do. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Here at Forward Edge.
0: No, I think those are good um, segues into talking a little bit about... um, just uh, working with your organization, if people were to um, need some support, um, uh, the people that work with Forward Edge, are they all tech coaches or are some of them general instructional coaches?
1: Yeah, so um, high level, let me give you like the quick 30, 60 second rundown. Forward Edge as a whole, um, we're located in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the company was started um, primarily focusing on the technology side. So uh, we're kind of a, a technology solutions and service provider is the official name, but we only work with schools. So across all of the departments and solutions we provide, um, you know, we're really trying to empower educators and um, help them remove barriers to learning kind of through the lens of technology. So we offer a number of services, um, but primarily focus in kind of three main areas. The first is infrastructure support. So networking, infrastructure, cybersecurity. Um, The second is like end user support. So IT, um, you know, break, fix, on-site desktop technicians, um, and then the third is instruction support. So that's where the team that I oversee comes in. Um, So on really the rest of the companies dealing with like the back end, not really educator facing, but more like technology infrastructure side. Our team focuses on primarily two different audiences. Um, The the bulk of what we do, we actually serve as um, tech coaches to a number of school districts ourselves. So we're on the ground in schools every day, actively coaching. Um, And then we've also begun to grow a number of pro programs that support instructional coaches, um, you know, math, Literacy, data, behavior, SEL, tech, coaches—all encompassing on a national scale. Um, so, so those offerings focus on coaches, but then we do have, um, to your point that you kind of started to ask me about our Edu Badges program that our team creates. That's really for all educators. So, um, we have lots of coaches that are in the program. the The main audience that's that utilizes the program is classroom teachers, um, but we also get a lot of administrators. We get paraprofessionals, aides, um, school secretaries. Because there's really kind of something in the program for everyone. Um, and, and Edu Badges is just an online, you know, it's micro-credentialing, um, or just online anytime, anywhere, professional learning opportunity for educators, um, primarily focused on closing that digital use divide, is, is what the content would help provide.
0: Okay. Okay. That gives me a good um, kind of um, explanation for those who are interested in working with Forward Edge. Um, Talk to me a little bit about some of your writing and content that you put out. Um, You've uh, written um, Talk Tech With Me blog. Um, Is that still ongoing and what what are some of the articles that you have written what are some of the topics.
1: Yeah. So gosh, talk tech, my blog, talk started off, um, over a decade ago when I was a new coach and I needed a place to just kind of capture my ideas. So it has morphed over the years. Um, I have always actively been coaching while I've been writing it. Um, and now overseeing our team of coaches, but so it's kind of from this perspective of lesson ideas, um, research reflections just around effectively implementing technology either, you know, from the like lesson teacher perspective or from the coaching perspective, lots of resources to plan PD, implement PD. Um, and over the past few years, when I, um, I, I, wrapped up my doctorate in 2021 in leadership and learning in organizations. But my research uh, in particular focused on instructional coaching and supporting the growth and development of instructional coaches. So for the past handful of years, um, I find myself not having time to actively write as much as anymore. So you won't find new blog posts quite as much. Um, I hope to get back to it. It's kind of this like constant pending to do. So if anyone has advice on how they force themselves to carve out time, Please throw me your ideas. Um, I'd love to get back. But for now, there is lots of content that, while I may not have published it within the past couple of weeks, very relevant for instructional coaches from ideas on from your first question. Um, how might you get a coaching role um, to helping you prepare for interviews for coaching? Um to working with admin, and how might you approach your admin to help clarify your role? Resources for administrators on how can they best utilize um, their coach in their building to, like, maximize effectiveness of the coach? How can administrators support effective um, and meaningful implementation of technology without really knowing any tech tools themselves, necessarily? So, lots Mm -hmm. of very relevant content, still. um, And uh, I know I will get back to it one day. Just have to carve out the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you do have a podcast, as I mentioned, um, in the bio, the restart recharged podcast. So uh, what does that focus on?
1: Yeah. Um, the podcast was kind of a fun creative outlet when our team, you know, through COVID, we were all felt so distant and separated. And we just needed something creative uh to to have and and devote our energy to this like positive new thing. So that's when the podcast started. Um, and it's run by our team of coaches here at Forward Edge. And it's really just a podcast for coaches by coaches. So we are uh in our third seat, we're on the back half of our third season now. And it's really just kind of every topic under the sun, uh, to help coaches. And so I'm actually, I don't know if you published the video for your podcast, but I'm sitting in our little podcast recording space mm-hmm. just in case you did. Um, we just had a couple of, of coaches on the team revamp it a little bit cause we don't okay. normally record video. Um, and so they, the, the young ones on the team tell me that we have a real podcast now that we can record the video. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but no, we, you know, we've covered every topic under the sun again from working with your administrators, to helping to clarify your role, to implementing coaching cycles, top to bottom, to collecting data as a coach, to um, planning and providing professional development, working with elementary teachers. Um, We had our season three opener was Jimmy Casas, and it was all about culture and recalibrating culture and how coaches help support school culture. Um, That's one of my favorite episodes, just because, I mean, Jimmy's amazing, but I just think school are in such a bad place right now. Um, so it, it was just really timely and um, it really, really inspiring episode. So um, it comes out every other Tuesday. I'm one of the, the co-hosts for it. Um, we interview lots of different folks, and it's just always with the lens and the perspective of supporting instructional coaches in some way.
0: Cool, cool. So I will insert the link in the show notes for people who want to uh, listen to Restart Recharged podcast. Um, you let me know as well that you have spoken at conferences a lot um, in recent years. Um, you're more um, more of a participant, but talk to me about some of the conferences that you'll be visiting in the late fall and winter.
1: Yeah, um, gosh, so I have to orient myself to when you said this podcast might be coming out. Um, I will be at, I think this is coming out after, but um, I will be helping support the uh, first Google Champion Symposium in Sunnyvale. That is at the beginning of October. I will be going to um, VISTY, I believe, in Virginia. That's their state-level ed tech conference. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a lot of work with them with um, the VISTY Certified Coach Program that we developed and put on for their instructors coaches in Virginia. Um, so I should be there in December. I will be at FETC in January. I will, I'm not sure if I'm going to TCEA this year. Um, I'll be at McCall in March. Um, in Michigan I'll be at OETC in Ohio in February and then always at ISTE um, for the past I don't know 10 years maybe um, at the end of June so those are for sure happening that's what I know of right now I don't know maybe there's something else that might pop up between here and there but that is for sure where I'll be on the road mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so people can definitely find you there and connect with you um, you talked to me a little bit about coaches camp Um, that you put on. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I kind of mentioned a little bit before, uh, over the past few years, we have just realized from, you know, supporting our own coaches through some of the work that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to do with coaches on a national level for a number of years, um, coaches just don't get training, right? We take coaches. You're the great teacher. You're the techie teacher. Now you're going to coach teachers. Ready? Go. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, aren't providing them with training uh, and support to be able to do this very unique role that requires a number of very different skill sets (laughs) for to be able to be an effective coach of adults versus a great teacher for kids. Um, So through kind of our own training that we had developed for our own team over the years, we eventually said, you know what, this would be really beneficial to other coaches. So we opened it up. Um, And we have just gotten a really great response. So we call it Coaches Camp. And we host it a number of different ways. It's typically held um, at least twice every summer, one Uh, option is virtual. So if traveling isn't an opportunity for you, um, you can attend virtually and they're a little bit shorter days, but it's over the course of three days that takes place in the summer. And then we also hold it face-to-face is always our favorite option. Just you get extra like networking and interaction face-to-face that you just can't recreate um, online, even though we do a great job creating opportunities online. Uh, But we always hold a face-to-face option. It's two days held in Cincinnati, Ohio. Usually it takes place in July, um, toward okay. the end of July. So, um, those are options. This year, I think the podcast is coming out after, but depending on how it goes, you can maybe be on the lookout in the spring or maybe next okay. fall. If summer doesn't work, um, we're trying it out for the first time during the school year this October uh, okay. 9th, tenth, and eleventh um, okay. of 2023, um, because we get a, we do get a lot of feedback from folks who just aren't on contract over the summer so they don't want to, you know, work um, or they're on vacation. So we're trying it out for the first time during the school year to see how it goes. So like I said, if this podcast comes out after those dates, um, if it goes really well, we may do a spring option or, you know, be on the lookout next fall. But it's really, um, you know, we have people who aren't even coaches yet, but they want the coaching job. To They are entering their first year coaching all the way to people who have been coaches for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we also hold it for individual teams. Like last week, we actually just wrapped it up for Santa Fe School District and we just did it for their team of 17 coaches. So we've done it that way a number of times, too, if a school has a large group of coaches. Um, but it's really just top to bottom um, what people need to know as a coach. And so what has been really heartwarming and rewarding but also makes me so sad at the same time is how many coaches who have been coaching for 5, seven, ten years who come to coaches camp and tell us that it's the first time they really understand what their role is and they really feel set up um, to be successful now in their role just because they've never actually gotten training or had someone sit down and they're usually leading the training. They aren't getting yes. the training, right? Um, so that, that's really what coaches camp is. It focuses on everything from like role clarification and marketing yourself to creating a systemic coaching program. So you aren't one more thing to implementing formal coaching cycles, planning and leading PD, um, really providing feedback and engaging our adult adult learners. So like I said, it really just kind of runs the gamut of, of topics, but it's really kind of everything, um, that we feel very strongly that coaches need to, to set them up for success. So, um, we always have information posted about when our next dates are on our website, um, forward edge.net, uh, F O R W A R D dash E.net. Um, and you'd be able to find coaches camp just from getting to the homepage. So.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. And as you said, not everybody wants to use summertime. So it's good that you're um, hosting something in the fall, Um, you know, people can find out like whether they've been, um, in the role for a while or brand new, um, as you said, there's not often district or building support for coaches. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm glad that this is um, something you all have, um, managed to, um, put together and hold for several years now. So thank you for your, um, you know, effort in that. And, um,
1: yeah. And we also have, I, I also like to share just because, you know, forward edge in, you know, the past, the first 15 years of Forward Edge, we were very local um, to Ohio, and then particularly with our, our cybersecurity program, and then our coaching programs on my team, and our Edgy Badges program, we've been kind of opening up uh, nationally. Um, so, people are still kind of learning who Forward Edge is. Uh, so, I always like to say that that our coaches camp, um, it's part of our larger mentorship program, but the bulk of, of this award of the SEAL um, comes from Coaches Camp, and that we do have the ISTE SEAL of alignment for the coaching standards. Um, So I just always like to share that because it's the third party who's vetted all of the content and evaluated it and really deemed it high-quality professional learning um, for those folks who are in that coaching role and really trying to achieve um, and implement those coaching standards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, we've had a great conversation focused on uh, your role and how you um, have now um, been working with Forward Edge and um, implementing some of the uh, resources and camp and just um, your passion about helping out instructional coaches, whether it's ed tech or general. Um, out of everything we talked about, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I think I might say two things and I'll keep them short. Uh, the first would be when I was in high school, um, I had a teacher say to me and it's stuck with me ever since. So I always tell people, but if you if you wouldn't vote for yourself, why would anyone else? Yeah. Um, so I just like to share that with educators because I think a lot of times, you know, they, um, they're they humble creatures and they don't like to brag on themselves and, and maybe, um, you know, a little bit afraid to maybe put their hat in the ring if they are thinking about taking that next step or really mm-hmm. interested in that next step. So I would just encourage you to, first and foremost, believe in yourself um, and you've got to vote for you. Otherwise you're not going to convince other people to vote for you. Mm-hmm. And that secondly uh, was um, a quote that a colleague of mine um, saw hanging on the wall and it was Marissa Mayer. It was one of those um, code, you know, oh, gosh, I'm blank, code.org and um, the code week um, posters that she had. And it was a quote from her. And it was when I was interviewing for my role at Forward Edge right now that I very much thought there's no way that I could do this. So I take my advice from my previous quote. Um, but the quote said, I always did a little something I wasn't ready to do. I think it's how you grow. Um, so I live by that quote. And I think if you're not a little bit afraid to do the next thing that that you're going to do or implement your next big idea, whether it's in the classroom, it's taking that next step in education. Um, if it doesn't scare you just a little bit, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. So those are the two big things I like to leave people with um, and just kind of those ideas. And uh, hopefully somebody can kind of take away and believe in themselves a little bit more.
0: Well, that's great to remember, um, you know, because people need to step outside their comfort zone sometimes and, you know, uh, grow. Right. You can't always stay stagnant in education. Well, where can people connect with you and find you online?
1: Yeah, um, I would say best place to connect is probably Twitter for me still. Um, my Twitter handle is at Katie, K-A-T-I-E underscore M as in Marie underscore Ritter, uh, R-I-T-T-E-R. Um, so that's definitely the best place. You can also, um, all my social media is on my, you can get to it from my blog, Talk techwithme.com. So if you go there or you go to Twitter, you'll be able to find a link to all my social media and other places that you can connect with me.
0: Great. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the Out of the Trenches podcast today and learning more about what you do and um, helping out uh, coaches. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon. You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at dana.goodier.com. Please leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on dana.goodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at OutOfTrenchesPC.